a shining in the rock. I hope and John's bear, I gather us Oh, beautiful Beautiful land, beautiful home, beautiful band, of my beautiful crown. Yes, I am so fair. Beautiful man and John Hungra, yes, gather us in. Well, beautiful thought, oh, to whom me wish for it ever be thine in eternity. Oh, she went from this world away, free, free from his toes and cares, a heavenly joy to share. Let me cross over there. This is my prayer. Beautiful road, well, beautiful land, beautiful home, beautiful band, well, beautiful ground. Yes, we are. So fair, be beautiful man, and John Hunter, I had us there. Now, beautiful things upon a high over in yon and Thus I shall leave his short counting my treasures all where we shall never carry me by and yes never I'm never to sorrow come on as a heavenly soul oh, beautiful well, beautiful land yeah beautiful Beautiful band, oh well, beautiful crowd, oh shining so fair, with 
Yes, beautiful man and John Brown. Yes, go ahead, Russell. Oh, yes, beautiful. Oh, beautiful land. Well, beautiful well, beautiful band, beautiful crown, oh, a shining so fast. Well, beautiful man, and John Rock, yes, go ahead for us Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You guys sound good this morning. I tell you, if you want to see the beautiful, we have to live upright upon this time side of life. Because once the Lord shuts off our lights, it's over. All work is done. Amen. Amen. I would like to thank, thank God for me being here this morning. I'd like to thank Brother Houston and the leadership here at the Dale Crest Church of Christ. And of course, I would like to thank you all for being here this morning. Uh, I'd like to, uh, you know, I'd like to petition that we keep Brother Houston and, and uh, as well as my wife. You know, she's on the road this morning. Uh, as well as all of our brothers and sisters who may not be here up on this Sunday morning, we pray that they would make it back and be with us again without the loss of one. This morning, let's see what time it is. Timekeeper. This morning, I have chosen the subject, living clean in a dirty world. Living clean in a dirty, in a dirty world. And uh, I, I wanted to add before I get into my lesson, um, I thank the young man for so eloquently reading that scripture this morning. There's nothing more refreshing than seeing a young man take part in the Lord's service. There's so many places that our young people can be nowadays. Certainly not church, so definitely want to commend the young men taking part in the Lord's service. I want to direct your attention again to Isaiah chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. And it reads, and when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. 
learn to do well, seek judgment, relive the relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. In the literal sense and in the physical realm, it is hard to remain clean when surrounded by dirt or filth. If you live in a house that was full of dirt, dust, and soot, and you have just taken a bath, and you put on clean clothes, and roam around all in the house all day long, it will be very hard or very difficult to maneuver in that house without getting dirty. You understand? Well, we live in a situation where we live in a world where we are surrounded by dirt, by filthiness, by corruption, and of sin. How can we live clean in such a situation? Well, in verse 16 of our text, the Bible says, wash you, make you clean. Put away evil of your doings from before mine eyes and cease to do evil. Israel had turned away from God and had turned to idolatry, greed, and heathenism. In order to get back right with God, there were certain things that were required of them. 1 Peter 1 and 22 says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. No soul will ever be purified except by obeying God's truth. This truth has been revealed to us through the Holy Spirit and this is by the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. So we become clean by obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. Y'all with me? Stay with me now. So now we find ourselves in this house, in this clean house, surrounded by dirt and filth. We have just taken a bath and put on clean clothes. Well, how do we remain clean? This house is the world. We have become clean through baptism, and how do we remain clean? We do so by walking in the light of Jesus Christ. First John tells us, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Sin will make us dirty. Christ has given us a way of cleansing ourselves by uh, ourselves of sin by repenting of our sin and confessing of our sin. Romans 6 tells us, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. You see, when, once we are dead to sin, we have to keep that old man dead, amen? As a result, he expects, he expects us to live clean, uh, uh, live a clean life. 
We are not only ambassadors of Christ, uh, we are representatives of Christ. Our lives and the way that we live them should have a direct exemplification and manifestation of exactly who we are representing, whether Christ or Satan. The Bible clearly teaches in John chapter 17 that we are in the world, but not of the world. Amen? We are in the world because the world needs the message of Jesus Christ. But we are not of the world because we have been sanctified and set apart by God himself, by the word of truth. The gospel is God's informing power. It is God's reforming power, and it is God's conforming power. It is God's uh, transforming power. In Romans one, uh, chapter 1, verses 16, Paul declared, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. If there was any place where one would be ashamed of a crucified Savior, that place would have been in Rome during the, uh, during the reign of Nero. Paul had suffered much. He had been cast out of Antioch, uh, uh, Antioch of Poseidon, stoned at Lystria, beaten and imprisoned at Philippi. He had been mocked by philosophers at Athens and persecuted at Corinth. A great mob at Ephesus had sought to harm him. In spite of all this, Paul was ready to preach in Rome. Why? Because he was not ashamed of the gospel. He was not ashamed of the power. Why should anyone be ashamed of the gospel? Because it originated with God. The Holy Spirit directed the apostles as they wrote it. It, only, it is the only means of saving sinners without, and without the gospel, there would be no hope. God's power is manifest in many ways, in the creation of the world and in the operation of his universe, but his only power to save mankind is the gospel. Y'all with me? When the Lord gave the Great Commission, he commanded that the gospel be preached to all. You know, there was, there was a, a, a couple of years back when, when we had brothers and sisters during a Bible class one time, and, and the question was asked, you know, we have so many things going on in the church. Why are we bringing people in whenever we have things to get right ourselves? That's not our job to worry about. You see, God's, God's son, he sent his son. See, his blood cleanseth us from all sin. That means that there is a continuation. God, his son, Jesus is cleaning, cleaning us up continuously. That TH on the end means that there is a continuous power going on. He's cleaning us up. At the same time, he has given us the great commission to do what? Go out and preach the gospel. That is not up for us to debate who comes in and out of the church. Amen?
So if we are to preach the gospel with conviction, then we must strive to live clean in this dirty world. We are living in the world, living, if we are living in the world and living like the world, then the gospel of Christ is hid by the darkness of the lives that we live. Living clean in a dirty world means that we must let our light shine continuously. Living clean in a dirty world means that we, have, have a, uh, we must have a clean heart and the right spirit. The psalmist wrote in Psalms 51 and 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a, uh, uh, renew a right spirit within me. I don't know about you, church. I have to pray on the daily. <laughs> I have to pray because sometimes, you know, people come across you wrong. And you know, we are all human, amen? You know, some of us, some of you, there ain't no need in us sitting up here acting all sanctimonious. You know, some of our hearts are not right. Have to, we have to pray on a daily to, to keep ourselves strengthened because it is so easy sometimes to get thrown off of our rocker if we are not focused on God. We cannot live a clean life with a dirty heart and with a corrupt mind. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind being you that which was also in Christ Jesus. So it is really hard for me to understand how we can be so cold towards one another, how we can talk about somebody behind their backs, how we can tear down the character of somebody, how we can mistreat someone and feel no remorse and still have that mind of Christ in us. There is no way we can do that. Christians are to be interested, not in their own interest, but also to the welfare of other Christians and also those that are outside the body of Christ also. Don't we realize that we are going to be held accountable for every word spoken, every idle word, every deed that is done in this body in the day of judgment. We can't live clean, uh, a clean life by dirtying someone else's life. There is absolutely no way at all that this can be done. You cannot live clean by trying to dirty someone else's life. We cannot build up the body of Christ by tearing down its members. We as members, uh, members of the body of Christ, when we tear each other down, when we uh, low grade one another, when we low rate one another, when we degrade one another uh, as members of the body of Christ, don't we know that we are destroying each other? Because we are one body but many members, and when you destroy one member, you destroy a part of the body. You cannot live clean. We cannot live clean in a dirty world doing those types of things. The world is dirty enough. Do you think it needs any help from us? It don't need no help. Not at all. It does not need any help. Too many of us today are, are like the scribes and Pharisees. Matthew 23 and 25 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. From the surface, from the outside uh, appearance, a person may appear righteous, 
may even appear holy, may even appear to be loving, may even appear to be clean, but on the inside, they are very, very dirty individuals. Our hearts are full of envy, full of strife, full of contention. Our hearts are not pure. And without a pure heart, we cannot live clean in a dirty world. We are expected to live a clean life. In fact, we are commanded to live a clean life. Amen? Titus 2 and 12 teaches us that denying ungodly and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Notice, notice the negative and the positive aspects of this teaching. We are to deny ungodly and worldly lust while we live soberly, righteously, and godly. To live soberly, to live soberly, it is a duty to ourselves. To live righteously, that is a duty to other people. And godly, that is a duty that we must live unto God. Amen? So when we live, so when we are living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, then we are living clean in a dirty world. Someone said the difference between a sheep and a pig. What's the difference between a sheep and a pig? If a sheep were to fall in the mud, he is going to bleep all night long. But whenever a pig falls in the mud, they wallow in it. Some of you guys are going to get that up on the way home. We can't live. We can't live like pigs. We can't live like pigs. You know, uh, uh, you know the, the, there's an old saying that, that, uh, that, my, that my minister back home, Brother Dansby, used to say, He said, you cannot die a goat and be raised as a sheep. How you die on this earth is going to be a reflection of how, we are how you are going to live in the afterlife. See, the thing about it is, is that, let me check my time. See, the thing about it is, is that what we don't realize sometimes is that we are made in the image of God. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, one of these days, this tent is going to get old and wrinkled. And after it gets old and wrinkled, we're going to have to shed it and see that spirit the spirit has to live on. It's going to live on. Now, you make that determination of how your spirit is going to live. Where is it going to live? Is it going to live with Christ in glory? Or is it going to live in another place formed for the devil and his angels specifically. In other words, I'm asking you, is it going to be smoking or the non-smoking section? 
Where is it going to be? You make that determination right now while the blood is running warm in your veins. I hope you got that message this morning. I didn't want to stay here long, and I hope it helps some honest soul. Living clean in a dirty world. The Lord has a plan by which we may be saved. Hearing the word, Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Next is to believe, Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yes. Next is to repent. To repent. What does repentance mean? Repentance means let him that stole steal no more. Repentance means to do an about face, do a complete 180, and walk in the opposite direction other than the direction that you were walking in before. That same, that, that, that don't, don't go back to that same direction that you were walking in before, that, that direction that led you to become dirty in the first place. You have to do a 180 and follow Christ, amen? amen. Next is to confess the sweetest name that mortal tongue has ever confessed, which is Jesus Christ. Matthew 10, 32 says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father, which is in heaven. 33 says, But whosoever shall deny me, I will deny him. In other words, you don't know me, I don't know you. Right now is the time to confess Jesus Christ. Because guess what? Either way, either way, if you don't do it right now, you're going to do it in the day of judgment. The Bible says that. The Bible says that every knee is going to bow. Things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth. Every tongue is going to confess in that day, I guarantee it. So either you do it now, or you're going to do it later. Later's going to be too late. After we confess here on earth, we have to be baptized. Baptized why? Baptized for the remission of our sins. Baptized for the remission of your sins. Jesus says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Amen. And after you are baptized, that's, that's not enough. You have to continue to live clean in a dirty world. And if we do that, Christ says that he will give us a crown of life if we hold out until the end. Amen? That's my message this morning. We beg you to come while we together stand and sing. Holy Spirit, dwell in me. Yeah,